He scopes out the present, shakes out the past, and keeps an eye out on the future. This is the Racing with Bruno podcast. Now, from Lexington, Kentucky, here's Bruno DiGiulio. Well, how do you follow up this weekend? You know what What we're going to do? We're going to talk to Ron Flatter about it. Hey, Ron, how you doing? Oh, I'm still basking in the glow, I guess. The hangover lasts a long time after the Breeders' Cup. You know, that's that's a really good point. You and I talked, and it was, when it came to Sunday and Monday, and even, you know, uh, Tuesday and Wednesday, it was that little bit of a feeling of, what am I missing? <laughs> yeah. um, and, you know, I, I've had those feelings, um, like after Derby, you have that You've been so busy, and you're you're into that mode where brain-wise you are locked in. You're getting all your work done, and then the event happens, and then the next couple of days you're like, "What's missing?" That adrenaline rush mm-hmm. of having to get everything done, enjoying doing what you're doing, and then you don't really have much left to do no. the next few days. So. You know, I uh, it was just kind of interesting, you know, that that whole dynamic when you have those big things that happen, like the Breeders' Cup, like the Derby, that the next few days you're kind of like, uh, what do I do now? <laughs> it's, it's like all of this energy you need to spend and you have nowhere to spend it, all dressed up and nowhere to go. But here we are, I mean, a week later and we're still talking about it and there's still ripples and repercussions. And by the way, Mr. DiGiulio, I'm going back over the handicapping sheets and the racing with Bruno information, which was, uh, you talk about it being valuable. I mean, literally so. If you were using it last Friday and Saturday, then you should be, you know, genuflecting right now and saying, we're not worthy, we're not worthy. It had a, some really nice scores, I mean, and not not short-priced all the time. It had some bombers come in. Well, let's go through the deck. Let's start off on Friday in the Nyquist Stakes. And that was a race where highly motivated ran down our selection quick tempo. We had that exacta box, one, two, cold exacta. That thing came back to be um, 4180 for, for $2. We had that cold. So then you go on to the next race and... And that was the um, that was the Joyce Rocket. I did not have that. Um, I had Farsighted and Young like Young pretty bad. The third race was the race where the horse came in from the 16th post on the also eligibles and ended up paying uh, $150.60. Um, so I at that point I was kind of looking around, around going, okay, all right, we got to get going. And then I loved Amy's challenge, top choice. Amy's challenge, I thought she'd get an easy lead. She was best six furlongs. As a handicapper, I always look at what a horse does best. Her best races were at six furlongs. I was talking to a couple of handicappers, and the first thing out of their mouth was, she doesn't like Keeneland. And I said, why not? Well, she ran three times. She hasn't won. Well, two of them were at seven furlongs in grade one, Madison Stakes. And the other one was a a third, I believe, I want to say, in the Raven Run. So... You threw, you know, you just said, hey, she ran above her head. And here she's dropping an alarm and saying, we got a fat 290, the one at 780. 
and uh, the exacta came back forty two dollars. That got us. Uh, that got me going. <laughs> and in the fifth race, this is where I felt there was going to be a huge price. I liked fifty to one shot Miranik on top, and Rocketry was my second choice. Now, why did I like Rocketry? I had people say, "Well, he was off form." No. He was running at distances that were far shorter than what he wanted to do. He was a mile and three-quarter horse, true and true. When they ran him in a mile and three-quarter or anywhere near that, he came running. Well, I'm sitting there, and I'm like, I got to play my 33 to 1. I used two horses in the pick four. I used Marinique, the 9, and the 3 rocketry. That's all I used. One's 11 to, 11 to 1. The other one's 33 to 1. I played across the board myself on Marinique. And I played the exacta. Well, the $2 exacta came back $860. You didn't have to have too much money on that. Um, Rocketry paid $25. And Marinique, for second, paid $32.60 and $19.80 to show. And I had them across the board. Boom. That got, got me started. That'll, so now, and, and by the way, if you're, if you're subscribing now, if you're a subscriber... You already got your money back and then some oh. before we even get to the oh. Breeders' Cup races. <laughs> I had a lot of guys riding me saying, oh, fantastic. Then in the next race, it was the turf sprint and mm -hmm. Golden Powell was 80, 80 cents on the dollar and he wins easy. So, you know, we're live in the pick four. This, then we go to the seventh race. Well, you and I have talked about history and how history really is something that I bank on mm -hmm. in life and at the races. Well, Fire at Will ran at, debuted at Saratoga early in the meet. And I loved him that day. He's a full brother that decorated Invader, and he was for Mike Maker. Tyler Gaffleon was on him that day at Saratoga. Well, he gets one of those five wide trips all the way around and fades in the lane. And I am cursing at Tyler you know, come on. You know, you know how to write better than that. Get him over. Um, comes back, breaks his maiden on the slot, coming from dead last, and then won the Pilgrim, which we covered pretty heavily. And you were there, too, on the uh, on our Zoom classes mm -hmm. on Tuesday nights. And I I liked him in here. I thought, I thought him and public sector were probably going to improve some. I really liked the way Fire at Will stretched himself in the lane uh, when he when he got and But people knocked him because he had an easy lead. Well, it was a race that nobody wanted to go to the lead. It wasn't his fault. He found himself on the lead. But when asked, he responded. Not every horse responds when he gets an easy lead like that. So at 30, at 30 to 1, I'm just like, I'm an idiot if I don't play this horse. And he was on the sheet, part of the pick four. So I use him. And um, he pays he pays sixty two to win, twenty four dollars in battleground, which we also had on the sheet. That dollar exact, I paid two seventy five, paid five fifty for two bucks. So now it's like you know we got big balloons. We're hitting left and right. <laughs> so now we go to the eighth race, and in the eighth race, and by the way, in that uh, in that race, in the fire at will race. We finished the pick four, and the pick four came back to be $1,900 for 50 cents, $3,800 for a dollar, 
seventy six hundred for for two dollars. I had it on a on a. Uh, I think I put a four dollar ticket. So, I'm pretty sure I did. So, I'm rolling now. We're talking about, we're talking about a boom with a mushroom cloud. So now, Beckwith, we go into the juvenile Phillies, and uh, Vequist wins, uh, runs down day at the office. Uh, well, I thought I had a great trip and just flattened out. Um, I had day at the office as a top pick. Now, I loved Ann Pearl. And mm-hmm. and Pearl, I did have a big exact uh, with a few horses. I wasn't sold on Campanelle. I didn't think she'd go to distance. Watching the replay, watching the paddock, Wesley kind of said the same thing that then Frankie Dettori didn't think she would go to distance. But Aunt Pearl, I could not believe Aunt Pearl paid seven twenty to win. I really, I, I, I was really, I was really kind of shot had a little win bet on her that's all i did mm-hmm. so now we go to the last race and who have been i've been talking about since he debuted was essential quality we also featured him on our on our zoom mm-hmm. prior to to the breeders cup and on for our breeders cup zoom as well well there was a horse in there the 12 horse hot rod charlie half brother to matoli and i had seen a work with him and another o'neill that was running uh, I think um, in an older horse, and I thought, hey, who the horse inside? He can really run. He looks like he's loaded. Well, I'm looking at the board, Ron, and he's 94 to one. We had made a huge case on betting against Jackie's Warrior. I hammered that exact, <laughs> and all of the and essential quality was best bet on the day. We got 940 on essential quality. Who, by the way? It's a very exciting two-year-old turning three. The Exacta paid two hundred and ninety-nine dollars and ninety cents for a dollar. <laughs> you you blew up my phone with that one. I was so happy for you. You blew up I, I my had phone. That, exact that was fantastic. Times. I had that Exacta eighty-five times. That's <laughs> nice. And you, you might have had more, except you wore out the button, right? Well, I, I just, you know, it's funny. I, I put two $85 exactas. I also used Cam Hope, and I also used, um, um, who I use? Keep Me in Mind, and I used, um, actually, no, I used King Fury and Camp Hope and Hot Rod Charlie. Mm-hmm. You know, I was rolling. I, I mean, I had so many zeros, uh, you know, on my M Wager account. So. So that day turned out to be just unbelievable, let, you know. And let me and, ask you something uh, about that day because an impression came right away, and I want to hear your expert opinion on this. Right away, first couple races, sprints, main track, front runners. Now we're thinking speed bias, but by the end of the day. It was a fair track to me that seemed like it was just souped up for everybody. What was your take? At, see, I rail against people that look at the first two races and go, speed bias. That is such a novice, bullshit way of looking at things that I've ever seen. And it's all because of social media, because they have to be the first to say it. It's all about egos on that damn social media. And these guys go out, oh, it's 
biased. You know, it's like stop the count. You know, <laughs> you know. I mean, come on. And and I really really feel that a lot of handicappers shackle themselves by having stupid effing opinions because they got to be the first one on social media. And and that is one of their biggest problems on why they don't win. It's because they have to be the first to do something like that. And I love it because let them think there's a bias. I'm just going to do what I do. Amy's challenge didn't win because there was a bias. Amy's challenge won because she was the best horse in the race. And for anybody to sit there and to do that, I view them as novices, rookies, and they need to be tarred and feathered because that's what they are. How did you assess the track? I didn't. I just played my horses. I minded my sheet. I minded my opinions. I did not fall. And that's my point. You can't fall and say into that track, oh, the track's playing this. I got to change my face. No, you don't. Because as soon as you change, you're wrong. You have an opinion. Have some conviction. Have some huevos. Have some stones. Hmm. Stick with it. Because your initial opinion is usually the best one. When you when I have gone and changed my opinion after the fact, I am not. I I and there was one on there that I, I like the horse named uh, the, the Gretzky the Great. And watching one of the horses that ran for Cassie without Lasix after running with Lasix in Canada, I kind of hit myself in the head, going, eh, "You shouldn't have done that, right? You shouldn't have that. You knew better." But. But you don't change your opinion. You stick with what you did. You stick with your opinions. Because then if Gretzky the Great does run well, you can say, okay, my opinion was okay. It just happened that my opinion was wrong on that horse. But I made up with it because I also used fire at will. I wasn't a dummy. I stuck with what I believed in from way back at Saratoga. That's what makes me successful. And a lot of people know what makes them successful, and they still falter because one they look at social media two they feel they have to go on social media and tell everybody well how much they know and number three they change their mind stick with what you believe in very good that was friday that was friday so then it got busy on saturday and right away the first race in some ways bruno had such a headliner i almost thought Goodness, are we going to have the headline and the and the marquee taken by Nashville from that first race? But we talked about Nashville on the Zoom call, and that was the table setter for what happened Saturday. You know, I, I kind of looked into that race, and here's what I'm going to play. I'm going to use a pick five, and I'm not using Nashville. Because he wins, he's 10 cents on the dollar. Why, what, what do I even bother? So... This wasn't about, oh, I got to have the winner. If you need to have a one to nine winner and you have to have it on top and you got to bet it, you know, I love betting against you. <laughs> you know, I love it. It's paramutual betting. You're not betting to bet what everybody else likes. You're betting, you're betting to make money because you're going against everybody. So it was a race I'd, 
you know what? He was great. Right, whatever. All right. He might go in the Malibu. Okay, great. See you in the Malibu, pal. Okay. And then from there, all right, so you could show up late for that Saturday and, and jump in and race too. So now here's this kind of ticked me off. Okay. I had a work on Sleepy Ice Todd of 35 flat blowout, but he wasn't on the work tab. I thought I was wrong. I didn't use it, and I didn't use the horse. The horse worked 35 flat, and the trainer said, ah, don't, don't give me a work. And the clockers, you know, I think the clockers wanted to run the work, but they were told, no, if he said no, don't run it. Hmm. So, but anyway, I didn't have anything there. None of my horses ran. I went, okay, next. To the third. And it was, it was marred by that spill, too. That's which right. made me just get up and That's make true. lunch yeah. and kind of relax. I think I even took Joe out for a walk. That's right. And, of course, here's me, and he's right here. Hey, buddy, I took you for a walk on Saturday when that happened, huh? He's like, uh, Saturday, what's Saturday? There oh, you, you go. Saturday is. There you go. Do you remember Smart when dog. I took you for a walk? <laughs> <laughs> he remembers. Well, I'm glad he showed up for rehearsal. Oh, he did. <laughs> He's a pretty smart boy. Um, but anyway, so, you know, I, so then we, I, I just kind of, I had to reset. So I took him out for a walk, kind of relaxed. The third race was interesting because I, I, uh, I thought Motivated Seller was a player. Um, and um, I'm trying to remember who did I have in the race now. Oh, Miss T2, she didn't run a step. Didn't run step, not and at all. So and and Baffert wins it with Mermai Mermai Merneef Mermi. And then what's interesting with that is you know it you know it was a, it was an omen of what's going to happen later with Baffert. Um, the fourth race we went on there and Gamine wins easily. Serengeti Empress runs second. Um, Gamine she runs through a brick wall. She's got her issues. And but she runs through a, a brick wall, and you know what do you do? Just like with Nashville, you say, okay, you're a dollar, and you know you're 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 six to five, you beat me. All right, next. And and horse players need to do that. They need to do that, Ron. They really need to say next a lot easier than 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 they do. They they worry about oh that I make a mistake. You're never gonna be perfect. It's like a batter. You're only going to get hits maybe three out of every ten at-bats, you know. And you just got to go out there and do your thing, swing the bat, mm -hmm. hit the ball, and run. You know, with us, we got to, you know, if we make a mistake and we pop up or we hit a, even if we see it a screaming line drive and get nailed on the wire, you know, you just got to, you got to move on. You, you know, too many guys just want to over uh, uh, micromanage every bet they make. I don't. I just move on. And that comes with a little bit of experience and, and understanding of what you're doing. I'm guilty of that, by the way, Bruno. I'll raise my hand and admit it. If I get on a slump, I start second-guessing everything. Don't. Just do what you do. I just know. do what you do. Now, okay, so now I, I haven't really had a, a great day so far. Um, but I have been saying for the past month that Nick's go is going to win the mile. So... I'm 
and this this is one of the things that I want to bring up that sometimes it's a little tough. Doing our Zoom on for the Saturday card, and I think you were there. I'm mm -hmm. going through the the mile, and I noticed I don't have Asus team on there. And one of the things that happens when we have these big cards like Derby or Breeders' Cup, I get inundated with the calls of people wanting to get the product. I was probably interrupted on Wednesday and Thursday while I'm trying to finalize the product for Friday and Saturday. I was interrupted at least 150 times by emails, calls, texts from people that wanted to know if the product was ready, when it was ready, when is it ready, when is it ready. And it really gets to the point sometimes that you don't want to blow people off. You want to respond to them. And, and if you know me at all out there and you know me, Ron, when you write me, I respond to you right away. Yeah, you do. You know, um, so I responded to people, you know, but it was when are you going to be ready? When is it going on? And my favorite one is that I sent invites for all the for, and I mean, we had a very large crowd for our for our zooms and webinars and the biggest issue was you know i sent them all invites you probably have about 20 invites for each day in your box right that's because i would you know i made sure that i sent them out to everybody on a pretty um you know the night i sent them the night before i sent them the morning because i know how people are they get an email, and it's there, but it's easier for them to fire off an email to ask me about an invite than it is to look it through their emails. So I had people that had emails in their box with the invite, but were too lazy to look, and they were emailing me about the new invite. So, I, I mean, there was a couple of people that I sent it two, three times to. So when I'm going through and trying to finalize my picks, I found that I was being stopped and I had to reset, get back over and do the things. And one of the things is to make sure that I had all the horses that I wanted to put in there. Well, one of them fell through the cracks and that was Asus team. Hmm. And when we were doing the zoom, uh, the webinar, I mentioned that I said, Hey, I got to apologize. I didn't use this horse in there. I didn't put him in there, but if you're playing, He'll be a big price. You might want to th throw him in there. Yeah. Hello. And, big price indeed. You know, you know he was 62 to 1. Oh. So I'm sitting there watching the board. And, you know, I played a number of exactas. And, you know, you know, here comes a 62 to 1 for second. That makes your day. You know? And I had a couple of guys that wrote me and said, you know, I'm glad that you brought it up because it kind of went by us too. And I went back. Because a lot of these guys also got the replay. Of the, of the webinar right. so they could go over it race by race and and sure enough you know they were you know a couple of guys did very well with that with that pick i thought the exacta came back a really short did it i think so i think so joe hold on hold on yeah i think it came back short now hold on hold on Ron. We well I, while that. you're doing that i can actually look it up yeah and see what joe it, see what it well, was here's the thing with joe Joe sliced his, uh, had, a, had a laceration on a foot that I had to take him in yesterday. Uh, and I had to take him to the hospital yesterday. 
to have it, you know, they had to butterfly it and had to actually oh, staple dear. it. Yeah, so he's got a big sock on, and I because I don't want because you know he wasn't going to handle the cone. There's no freaking way he was going to handle the cone. So um, you know, I just it, it's not. Um, it, it's been kind of a it was a rough day for him yesterday. Oh dear. Yeah. So, but he's doing good now. So I found the exacta. The dollar paid. Yeah, you're right. The dollar paid one hundred nine dollars and eighty cents. Yeah, right. With a sixty-two to one. With a sixty-two to yeah. one, yeah. So. Yeah. So I thought it came back a little short, but there, there's another uh, situation that that when you look at the the day's races, and you know, I go back in my history of what I said when Nick Sko won that allowance race at Keeneland. I said he'll win the Breeders' Cup mile, and I think I said it on the show too, on on our podcast, and I said it. You know, when we watched that race um, over at uh, with the Zoom uh, group uh, mm -hmm. uh, on our Tuesday Zoom class. So there was a, you know, that that was to me another one that if you sit around and I saw guys going, well, you know, he doesn't have the class, you know, but they knew he was a player, but they completely passed on. So. um. So then we move over to the um, to the Philly and Mare Turf, and I have to tell you, I thought the turf course was much softer. It broke away from horses. It was not the same turf course we saw the day before. Whatever hmm. they did, they watered it. Maybe watered it too much, but it played much different. Hmm. And. That was kind of frustrating to me. Um, you can pronounce probably the, the winner of the race. Odaria? Yeah. Yes. Um, Rushing Fall ran second in a very game performance. Arby's little girl um, was the only thing that I really had that was going to do that. Uh, that I had on the sheet that I liked went twenty to one and got beat by a head neck and a head for it all. Uh, but over, otherwise, I thought, you know, I thought the turf really changed. They must have watered the hell out of it. Yeah, it, it looked like it, and I don't understand why. Then we went to the Breeders' Cup Sprint, and I did not have Whitmore. I did not. But when he burst through. I smiled. What a yes. great horse. What a great trier. <laughs> and if someone's going to beat me, I had CZ's Rocket in there. Uh, Yapon didn't run a step. Um, Diamond Hoops didn't do a whole lot. They'd come running late too late. But uh, Whitmore won by three and a quarter. wasn't even close. And at 18 to one, congratulations, Ron Moquette. Even if you lose, sometimes you just have to smile and he'll beat you. Uh, you're, the, you're at least the fourth person I have heard say that counting myself. I lost money on the race, but I was happy to see who won. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that is, he's an old-time veteran, a hard trier. You know, he's tried so many times. And Keeneland, it's his track. And then we go to the Breeders' Cup mile on the turf. <laughs> I can't wait to hear what you say about this. So, 
on the Friday card, Order of Australia was entered in an allowance race that he fit. I thought he would win that race. And we did. We big, We went through his entire career, and we felt that he was pretty good, and he fit in that race. Well, of course, they scratch because they know they're going to get in the Breeders' Cup mile, and they go in there. Now, what do you do? Do you like him in that spot as well? You know? So what do you do, right? He is 73 to 1 on the board, and he's in the 15 hole. You kind of forget about him. And he wins, and he wins convincingly and pays $148.40. You're kind of just looking around. The Europeans are on 1, 2, 3. Um, actually, you know, Uni finished 5th. Ebar finished 4th. Holiday set the pace. The deep stretch of Fort Tiring, that was our pick. But again, if that turf course is the way it's the day before, I think Holiday's right there. But that turf was just awful. Breaking away from underneath, you know, I, I, I didn't like it at all. People say, well, the Europeans like it. Well, not really, because Safe, safe Voyage, who a lot of people like, finished dead last. So, I, I, I thought the turf course, I don't know who it was, but whatever happened, I, I didn't particularly care for it. How bizarre is it that Aiden O'Brien, this has happened now twice that I've watched him in these circumstances. Aiden O'Brien in the Prix de l'Arc de Triomphe won once with Dylan Thomas and couldn't win to save his life. They moved the race to Chantilly for two years, and the first year it's there, he sweeps. Then he comes right. to the Breeders' Cup and has more than three dozen losses in a row with as many horses, and what's he do but sweep in the mile to break the schneid and do it with a 73 to one shot on top. Right. And... I, I, I mean, that, that turf course really, to me, was... Yeah. The turf course was one of the reasons. How odd is it, too, by the way, that Order of Australia came out of the original race that he was going to be in, and an also eligible one that, he becomes the also eligible in the mile and wins that. Ah, what are you going to do? I took the dog for another walk. <laughs> yes. He was tired by the end of the second day. Good idea. Uh, Monomoy Girl wins the distab predictably. Um, Swiss Skydiver disappoints in the Breeders' Cup. Um, for Kenny McPeak, who's yet to win one. Um, I thought Valiance ran well and Dunbar Road at every opportunity and kind of hung late again. She can't go that far. Um, I, I, You know, it's not a race that I was going to bet. It was even money. And what do you do? You know, you just enjoy it. You clap for her and go from there. Then we go to the turf. And now I'm very confused about the turf. But here's another point of our conviction. Mm -hmm. You and I did the Zoom class about three weeks ago um, where we went through the Longchamp Arc de Triomphe races. And who did we single out for that entire day? Yep, yep, your opera winner, Tarnawa. Loved her. And we kind of, you and I went back and forth. You talked about the ground, and I said she was the only one pulling away and handling that ground. Yep. Nobody else ran. She is a talent, and she overcame a tough trip to win and really win kind of easy, beating a very good filly in Magical. 
So, you know, Tarnawa, there we go. There's another pick that we had zeroed in weeks before. And we didn't change our conviction. Mm-hmm. We stuck with our idea. Despite what you might have been looking at in terms of the condition of the turf and despite the fact that they had to put a substitute jockey on. Yeah. I mean, I had people looking at Mogul, and I thought Mogul was second or third tier horse in Europe. Uh, United, uh, I heard about Danya. Um, Arklo was coming in really well, but I don't think the turf played to him at all. Um, Lord North, I heard about him. Mm-hmm. I just stuck with our belief. We had Tarnawa on top. And if I would have told you, Ron, back three, four weeks ago when we did that famed um, uh, Zoom with all those people there, that Tarnawa was going to pay 1140 you would have yeah. said you're nuts. Yeah. Yeah. But there it was. There it was. And But the faith of convictions there, and, and as you said, as you just said, my only qualm was, okay, how is the extremely soft ground of Longchamp going to translate to what we wound up seeing at Keeneland. Well, it translated It's how the horses well. handle it. It's how the horse moved over. Yeah, that's what she you said. handled it like nothing would bother. That's what you said. You know, so then we go to the classic. I was all in on Tom Zatok. Me too. I'm so sick and tired of Authentic and hearing about Authentic and watching this guy get easy lead after easy lead because of Manny Franco not wanting to go head and head or even taking to the race to him or even trying to be in front of him, that I'm just glad he's retired. I'm sick and tired of that horse. Um, comes to the top, didn't run a step. I'm not even going to get into it. But what Manny Franco has done on and on Tis the Law, and I really don't want to blame Manny Franco. I guarantee you that Barkley Tag told him he wanted to sit right behind Authentic. He didn't learn anything the first time. He didn't learn anything for this race. He decided that you need to grab it. And Tis the Law knew better. He wanted to go after Authentic, and Manny Franco thought he was rank and wrestled him back. And Tis the Law had no chance to even, not because I played Tis the Law, but because I thought somebody needs to pressure Authentic. Authentic is best when chased. Nobody could figure that out. I said it for, what, three weeks? Mm-hmm. I said it before the Derby. He wants to be chased. You tried to chase him, it didn't work. It ain't going to happen again. It ain't going to happen the way you want it. You can't just keep wanting to take that square peg and shove it into that round hole and think it's going to work. But that's why Manny Franco uh, and Barkley Tag did not win the Derby and did not win the Breeders' Cup Classic. And because their horse, they decided that they were going to reinvent the wheel and and demand that their horse sat behind, and it and it didn't work. And authentic gets an easy lead, and goes wire to wire again. So some follow up coming out of all this. One, tis the law will be back next year. The Baffert three are all retired. Authentic, maximum security, and improbable. And tis the law will race in the Pegasus. And they have made a jockey change. Johnny Velasquez will be on that ride, and Manny yeah, Franco. Yeah, are they going to ask him to grab? Are they going to get him to grab? Is that that that's the bottom line? I, you know, I'll tell you one thing about Barkley Tag that I've learned. I, I've learned that he's stubborn. He's stubborn, and 
he doesn't adjust very well. Did you hear what he said, though, after the race the day after, where he said, I can't ride the horse for them? Right. As what instructions did you give him, BT? You know, Barkley, Barkley Tag, what, what instructions did you give him? That's the bottom line. Okay. So if he can't, I mean, he can't ride the horse for him. Well, you know, what instructions are you giving? If you're giving the instructions to sit behind Authentic, and he did, don't bitch about the ride. You called it. You know, you gave that horse an easy lead. Period. May not have made a difference. You know, but you can't keep giving that horse an easy lead. Well, you don't have to anymore. He's retired. That race also had something where I called you, I can't remember whether it was that night or the next day, over the timer. It was that night. Was that night. Well, yeah. Over the timer that malfunctioned. And you went back, I, I thought this was great. You went back and hand-timed it. You were watching the video as we were on the phone. And you gave me a bunch of fractions and I wrote them down. Then on Wednesday, they come out with fractions that they went back to use the video and, and, and use that. They didn't use Trackus. They were close to what Trackus said, but they used their own replay of the video and timed it that way. And I thought it was funny. Bruno, you had the same fractions. You had the same well, fractions. They could have asked I, I, you and saved themselves three days. Well, I, I think that I actually had the race a little slower in about a 59 and 4 to 2 minutes. And, the then, and then I see the buyers come out, and I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. You have got to be kidding. One eleven. <laughs> yeah, come on. No freaking way. No way. I think Andrew Byers lost it. And Absolutely on a track, won. by the way, that was spitting out a lot of track records, right? I, I he's lost it. He's making numbers, you know, that I that just don't make sense. Because every single horse in that race improved. No. You know, if they what did he get? One eleven. One eleven. All right, so that means that Improbable ran around 109. Means global campaign, global campaign ran on 107. Tacitus ran about a 103. Maximum security a 103. Tis the law a 103. Title ready was about 10, about 93. But my point is, is that. How many of those horses didn't, you know, Tacitus running a 103 or something like that? No. No. I, I Sometimes I think his, his numbers are way, way over overshot. And a lot of the times they're 10 points too fast. So if I'm right, that was a 101, which falls right in on what that horse will run. So I, I don't believe in buyers. I don't. I don't trust them. I think there's a lot of bullshit that's involved with them, um, you know. And I think certain guys get better figures than other people do. And I, as long I, I've known Andy a long time, I've called him out on it before. I just don't believe in buyer figures. Period. Are there figures you do use? I use my deltas. Fair enough. Fair enough. I mean, you know, and, and, and for example, let's say on the Deltas, Authentic would have gotten a 21 for me. 
But if you look at the numbers, Improbable would have gotten to 27 because he carried four more pounds than, than Authentic. Um, global Campaign would have... Here's the interesting part. Authentic carried 122. Yet Global Campaign, all the field in it, he was alone, uh, him and Tisola were the lone three-year-olds. They carried four less pounds than any other horse. Right. Eh, it's got something to say about that. You know, you win grade one races going in the latter part of the year. You don't need to be getting four pounds from everybody else. Especially in November. They it's made 60. a revision in the arc a few years ago because three-year-old fillies were dominating it for a while. And you started to look and see, gee, how much weight do you need to give in terms of an allowance and a, and a break here? I think it was like 11 pounds difference between the top older male and the three-year-old fillies. And they finally adjusted that because that, that's in October. That's late in the year, right? Well, I mean, here's the insanity. You've got certain tracks like California or even New York. I mean, California, they run for 120s. Two-year-old fillies run 119 pounds first time out. And you're going to put 122 on Authentic for the grade one Breeders' Cup Classic in November of his three-year-old <laughs> yeah. season? I see what you mean. Why are you putting 119 to 122 on two-year-olds first time out and 122 on a, on a three-year-old grade one winner in, uh, in, uh, in November of his three-year-old season? Why? All maidens should run between 114 and 117. Why? Because they are all not strong enough to handle all that weight. Build the weight up when they get to be three-year-olds and four-year-olds. But to carry, to getting two-year-old fillies in, two-year-old fillies running in November at Churchill Downs carry 119. And you put just three extra pounds on a three-year-old grade one for 122 to run in November of his three-year-old season after being a grade one horse? Absolutely makes no sense to me. The weight on two-year-old horses makes no sense to me. Mm. None. And then we wonder why we break them down. Anyway, mm. off my soapbox. Off your soapbox. One other note from the Breeders' Cup to carry over to late this week. I had Brad Cox on my podcast, and I asked him... Any chance you'd drop into one more race this year with Monomoy Girl to try to steal Horse of the Year from Authentic? And he said, well, we haven't really discussed it. And then I said, you know, you're six for six at a mile, and they have this mile race in New York. And then he said, well, if there's a race we go to one more time, it would be the Cigar Mile. But he's going to discuss it with the new owners from Spendthrift, and we'll see what they say. So it didn't sound like... It, He's by any means going to go probable with her, but possible, I think, is a fair statement. I, I think that, you know, that would be something to close the year up. Absolutely. I'd love, Absolutely. To, I'd love to see it. Yeah. Who wouldn't? Uh, you know, and, and, and that could be, it could be the, it could be the kind of race that people would tune in to see that I think we'd have major televisions coming out to see. 
We would have it on Fox. I mean, people would, would on, on, a, on a Thanksgiving Day weekend, I think it's something people would really turn out to see. Uh, well, actually, it's a week later. Cigar Mile is early December now. Okay, all right. That's fine. That's good enough for me. It's uh, and, and the question is, does Code of Honor go there or to the Clark, which is Thanksgiving week? King Guillermo, we've been hearing about his comeback forever. Well, his comeback apparently will be in the Cigar Mile. So those are the names we know that will be there. Those two, or at least King Guillermo for sure, Code of Honor a maybe, and now the possibility, the possibility of Monomoy Girl. Now, here's the fun thing. Remember when we used to race home to watch Batman? You know, when we were in our, you know, Batman and, uh, you know, with Bruce, uh, with um, the old Batman. Yeah, Adam West. Kapam, right? And it would say, tune in tomorrow for same bat time, same bat channel. (laughs) Right. You know, that's the thing with Monomoy Girl. Tune in tomorrow. Let's see what happens. Let's see if it goes forward. I'll get to see her train here. I'll be able to tell you in about uh, a couple of weeks. You know, uh, by the time you know how he's training her, and, and you get a good idea, because he's got a he's got a trainer probably in the next couple of uh, probably a week. She's got to be working. She won't work this weekend. She'll work next weekend. That's what he said. He said about a week is when he would make a decision. Didn't sound like he was eager to do it, but he didn't rule it out. And so we hang some hope on that at the very least. Oh, so. absolutely. I mean. Would that be a great way to finish oh, the year? Love it. Love it. Yeah. Better than what's going on at Golden Gate Fields, we found out on Friday today that 20 minutes before the first race was scheduled, they suspended racing for for Friday, for Saturday, and for Sunday, and indefinitely on orders from the City of Berkeley Public Health Department. I was told by trainers when I was doing some reporting for Horse Racing Nation that there were some positive COVID tests on the backside. Don't know how many, don't know who, but that was what triggered this. And so Golden Gate Fields is in a shutdown right now with the city of Berkeley watching like a mother hen over COVID cases. We know that the University of California football team has had yet another cancellation of a game in part because of that. And so do we go through the same thing that we saw during the spring when Golden Gate Fields lost six weeks of racing because of the coronavirus? It's this is getting out of control again. And I'll only say that this could have been averted. Um, but it's, I mean, the Midwest is on fire. Iowa, Ohio, the Dakotas, Montana, Idaho, they're on fire right now. And and I, I guess nowadays if we talk about it, it becomes political. I mean, it's very hard to discuss something without turning it political. Um, boy, we haven't learned a damn thing, have we? How are you doing in Kentucky? We're doing okay. We're getting some upticks, you know, in the um, well, in is. Counts, a few counties that, you know, that are have that. I'm here at least another two weeks. Um, I've got to be here because, number one, with Joe, um, i got to get him back in, uh, um, next week to check on his uh, laceration and on his, on his uh, staples. 
on that on that leg. And um, oh, wait, he know knows when you're talking. The- <laughs> he knows when you're talking about him. Yeah, yeah. You got to go to the vet again. You got to go ahead and clean up that foot. Whatever you did, you like the vet though. They're pretty ladies, aren't they? <laughs> oh, he loves them. Do you like the ladies at the vet? <laughs> <laughs> Did you want to go see the ladies at the vet? (laughs) You do, huh? When do you want to go? This will be a good answer. Or do you want to go Monday? (laughs) You know what I'm going to tell me? Okay. So So for two more weeks in Kentucky. We're going to be here for another two weeks before Mm -hmm. we actually get a chance to get down to Florida. Um, But um, I just feel like that we... uh, I just hope everybody stays safe out there. Play the horse races. Stay indoors. If you got to go out, do your stuff. But just be careful. Stay healthy. Get more from Bruno by going to RacingWithBruno.com. This has been the Racing with Bruno podcast.